BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to another live episode of the Baseball Insiders. I'm Adam Weiner, along with fan side, it's MLB insider Robert Murray. The qualifying offer deadline has come and passed. The non-tender deadline still lays ahead of us. And the offseason is really only just beginning with the winter meetings a few weeks away. But the signings and trades are already trickling in. Robert's here to help me make sense of all of it. Robert, how you doing again, my man? I'm great, man. I just saw I got retweeted by you, so we're uh, we're buzzing over here. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, did I do that on purpose? I, all right, let me un-retweet oh, that. Yeah, let me accident. I'm just going to unhit. You can't unring that bell because I already got the compliment, but I that was a total accident. No, just kidding. I will always retweet you onto my feed because uh, you write I good got. tweets. And as long as Twitter still exists, uh, I'll keep retweeting you. Um, the qualifying offer, uh, the day came. Uh, most did not accept qualifying offer is weird uh most people don't want it it's kind of just a a little technicality of baseball that means it's going to be harder for you to eventually sign a long-term deal because we're attaching draft pick compensation to you uh and it's also a downgrade for most people who end up with it because you're like one year of control i don't really want that couple of people took it uh i guess let's start with the people who took it um before we move on to surprises and deals that were negotiated that day and sort of as a result uh, because I do see uh, peanut butter and jelly in the comments asking about Jock Peterson accepting the qualifying offer. The wow. other accepted offer was Martin Perez in Texas, which you predicted on the show. I, I think it might have been last episode, but certainly heard you say it in the past. Uh, let's start with Jock quickly. Um, I think attaching the offer to Peterson really wrecked any chance of that market expanding. So was that a surprise to you, or did you sort of see that one coming, especially once they extended the offer? I, so I did not see the Giants extending Peterson the qualifying offer. Like that one caught me by surprise after it was revealed that they extended it to him. Um, but after digging, it sounded like the Giants really prioritized bringing Peterson back as they really liked his left-handed bat lineup. Um, and it sounded like if he would have turned it down, they would have still tried to bring him back um, on a different kind of a contract. But um, no surprise that he ended up taking it because one year for $19.65 million, uh, is a pretty significant raise for what he was making last year. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just it was a smart move by Peterson. He can use this deal and try to have another really strong season to take in the next year where he can try to cash in for a while for the first time of his career. And Perez was sort of a guarantee from the start after the all-star year he had and the way he fit in Texas, yep. having him on a one-year deal for 19 point, I think six, five, right. Million dollars. Yep. 
that's a fair that's a fair assessment. You're not committing yourself to multiple years. Uh, and I also think it's safe to say, you know, laugh at the Rangers all you want for putting that poison pill on Prez and getting the deal accepted and the bluff called, but they wanted him back and pretty confident he's not going to be the most high-profile name they add to the rotation this offseason. No, you're you're exactly right. And Perez, like he is, has been pretty adamant that he wanted to return to Texas. Like he even said when I talked to him in, at the All Star game this year, um, that he like he preferred to stay in Texas. But they hadn't talked about a long term extension, at least to that point. Um, but both it became pretty clear like the night before that Perez was going to accept that qualifying offer. But he was still receiving interest from other teams like. Um, as John Heyman reported, uh, the Angels were firmly involved there before they ended up signing um, Tyler Anderson to a three-year, $39 million contract, which I know we're going to get into in a little bit. Um, but Perez staying in Texas made all the sense in the world for both sides. He's really comfortable there. The team wanted him there. Um, but this does not by any means take them out of the running for like a high-end starting pitcher. I still think a guy like Jacob deGrom or Carlos Rodon, are like, they're both firmly still in play here. Yeah, and the more those players' markets clarify, the more the Rangers only make additional sense. Like, I'd I see that as a really obvious next step. Why not? Let's talk about Tyler Anderson right now, because I think if you're looking for a surprise from qualifying offer day, there, there's sort of two big ones. One of them affects my team, uh, and we'll get into it in a little bit, and as well as try to map out the next steps. But Tyler Anderson, I think, uh, in the same way that Perez, and, and maybe I'm wrong here, but the assumption being that Perez would go back to Texas, I think a lot of people thought Anderson would go back to the Dodgers, uh, not for the qualifying offer, but we sort of thought they would uh, they would work out a two-year deal, similar rate, slight AAV discount or something like that. Everybody enters that Dodgers pitching factory and dominates, so they know they can do it again, but Anderson was 15 and five worth over four war an all-star season. I mean, not everybody who Mark Pryor works with turns into Tyler Anderson. Sometimes they become Andrew Heaney. They dominate for a little bit. They show flashes like they always have, and then they get hurt again. Like it's not a guarantee you're getting a four plus war all-star campaign when you import someone who's had an inconsistent resume. And I think a lot of people thought Anderson will stay. Uh, And then he agrees. He agrees just as quickly as everybody thought he would. And he goes right down the freeway to the Angels. So how did that materialize? And Anderson spoke out a little bit today saying other teams made him offers, but they all told him to wait. He didn't want to wait. The Dodgers maybe didn't have the substantial talks we thought they had. How did we get here to Anderson sort of bolting to the new look Angels rotation? Yeah, with um, with Anderson, he even said today that he wanted to sign like right by like right by the end of the qualifying offer deadline. Um, and the angels had the best offer out to him. And there were other teams who ended up offering him multi-year contracts. We, we aren't sure who those teams are quite yet. Uh, we're trying to figure that out, but the angels were the team that stepped up and were most aggressive. And even then, like uh, three years for 39 million for Tyler Anderson, that's only about 5 million more than what Rafael Montero got. Um, and I would take, Anderson on that contract over Montero. Um, I, I don't even know if I'd hesitate on that one. Um, and I thought that was a really savvy move by the Angels. And they the Angels aren't done yet. They're going to continue to try to add maybe a bat, maybe some death pieces, uh, some relievers. Um, but they're in – pitching has been their priority now for the last two off seasons because they ended up signing Syndergaard and Michael Lorenzen last year. Both of them 
didn't work out for different reasons. Um, so they're trying again this offseason. They were aggressive with Anderson. They identified him as a guy that they liked. And I think three years for $39 million is a pretty good value. And it could be indicative of what guys like Andrew Heaney and even a guy like what Jose Quintana might get too. The comments that I'm seeing are coming up are perfect. It's basically, you guys, do you guys have access to the rundown today? Because you're asking exactly what I plan. I already talked to Bert about. So stay oh, tuned. Yeah. Your questions, your questions will be answered. These are all perfect. Um, I like Anderson too, uh, and I like him a lot more than some of the other options that are kind of tangibly, you know, borderline. Uh, but what do you think the Dodgers do now? Um, I think a lot of Dodgers fans have embraced this mentality that Mark Pryor could do no wrong. There's a laundry list of similar people who would probably be getting one year, you know, seven mil deals elsewhere. Maybe the Dodgers sweet in the pot, give them a couple extra million and then turn them into something special. Do you think they should just try to bargain hunt to fill the Anderson role or upgrade the top of the rotation that isn't getting Walker Bueller back? And is right now Julio Arias, Kershaw, and do you believe in Dustin May? Like, there's not that much upside in the Dodgers rotation. Um, no, there right now there is not um, that good. Like, there's not a ton of like high end upside with that Dodgers rotation. And I think the Anderson deal um, and him going elsewhere could end up opening up a spot for like a, one of those top arms. And I know Justin Verlander's been connected to the Dodgers pretty heavily publicly, um, and I absolutely can see that um, with. I think it just makes a whole lot of sense because the Dodgers, they've always been open to those short-term contracts that have a high AAV. They did it. They offered it to Bryce Harper all those years ago. They offered it to, or they gave it to Trevor Bauer a couple of years ago too. And that obviously didn't work out. Um, but with Bauer's contract off the books now and Anderson elsewhere, maybe they do that with, um, maybe they do that with Verlander. I still like, I've always wondered about the fit there with Jacob deGrom but like I think Verlander of the two would be more realistic. Um, but I think the Dodgers have some, some they have some room here to be pretty like uh, flexible if they wanted to be. The Dodgers certainly did give Trevor Bauer the short-term high AAV deal, and then Trevor Bauer claimed that he invented that kind of deal. So uh, congratulations to Trevor Bauer on inventing a type of contract that uh, will be maybe utilized by Justin Verlander again this offseason. Hey, JV, if you do sign the rumored deal, make sure to call it a Bauer. Credit him. Yeah, no, no comment on that one. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't, do not do that. No, no comment. <laughs> no, yeah, I will be the only one commenting there. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
Trevor Bauer used uh, New Year's Day this year to tweet at me for those uninitiated. So we are not friends. Um, moving on, let's move on quickly. Um, the other uh, big, the other big signing from qualifying offer day that directly affected uh, my baseball team, Anthony Rizzo, back to the New York Yankees. I went back and forth on this before it happened about whether or not a Rizzo deal would be a precursor to Aaron Judge finding his next destination or if Rizzo would follow in Judge's footsteps, whatever that destination may be. So I was a bit surprised that he turned down the qualifying offer and agreed to return to the Yankees basically in one fell swoop. Um, two years, $40 million is the guarantee because there's a $6 million buyout on the third year. No player option, only a team option. And when Rizzo was asked why he did this, he said, you know, I love being a Yankee. So, so much for that narrative that the fans booed all of the best players on the team out of town. Uh, but it's been unclear since then. Uh, and Hal Steinbrenner has commented to sort of saying, obviously the judge market extends beyond the New York Yankees, but Hal Steinbrenner came out and said, there's more where that came from. I've talked to Aaron. I don't think I'll be outbid. And obviously, we'll all see what happens from here. No guarantees. But is signing Rizzo, as much as he wanted to downplay it, sort of a precursor to sweetening the pot for Aaron Judge? Or are the two things just completely independent of each other? I don't think it has... I don't, I don't think it moves the needle on Judge going back to the Yankees at all. Um, like, Granted, to be fair, Judge and Rizzo, they are both very close. Um, but at the end of the day, what it's going to take for to sign judge is the most money. Um, like it, it was proven when he turned on the contract that he did. Obviously, he didn't feel like that was indicative of his worth, but you're going to have to pony up to sign a guy like Aaron Judge. And yeah, like having one of his best friends in New York still, that's obviously like, it's not a bad thing. Um, and the Yankees, like their ownership has already gone out and said they will not be outbid. For Aaron Judge, which I thought that was very interesting. Um, I, I mean, that that just adds more leverage into the Judge camp, and they can probably get a couple more million dollars out of that. So, like, props to Paige Odell, who is Judge's agent. Like, you're in a good position right now, man. You got the Yankees, you got the Giants. Like, the Dodgers are obviously have been connected to him, and there's got to be some other teams in there, I would imagine. Um, so he's in a position of power. He's a top free agent, and um, he's going to get – a King's ransom. The contract to me is going to start with a three. I don't know how far it's going to exceed three or 300 million, but I'm pretty confident we'll be above 300 million by the time it's all said and done. Yeah. John boy had a great tweet. That was basically the, the house Steinbrenner statement saying, I won't be outbid and translating it like, Hey, can anybody out there please not make me pay for these words? Like, could you just hear this and be cool and like, don't start bidding up. Cause I mean, obviously look, you got to be supremely confident in your ability to match any and all bids if you're saying, I will not be outbid. Because they're, the Yankees do not spend in rarefied air anymore. There are other teams that have the same amount of money as the Yankees. The Giants have fewer payroll restrictions. So if you're making that promise, saying, I've talked to Aaron one-on-one, -on -one, I won't be outbid. I can do Rizzo. I can do other things too. I've told Aaron this. Then you better be able to deliver because the bids, like you said, are not going to be low stakes. No, they're not. And I'll tell you, that puts a ton of pressure on the Steinbrenners to, if they don't resign Judge, you're going to have that entire New York media after you. You're going to have the entire fan base after you. And they're all going to put the quote in your face, we will not be outbid. Um, and 
it's it's a scary position if I was uh, if I was the ownership there with the Yankees, but um, they have a lot of money there, and if they want a player, they have more than enough resources to go out and do it. But um, they they may have put like an unnecessary target on their back uh, by saying that one for sure. Yeah, it makes the fan base optimistic until you sit back and think about it, and you go, "Wait, wait a minute! Now there's there might have been some wiggle room before. Now there's none. Uh, you gotta come in with the highest bid." Uh, like you said, though, Judge is unlikely to turn down the highest bid. It's now a matter of how high that bid is and where it comes from. Uh, so we'll continue playing along. Were you surprised to see Rizzo come back so quickly, though, and say and really dedicate himself to the New York Yankees, even when people were suspecting that there might be this reset and exodus if Judge leaves? Yeah, I, I don't think I was necessarily surprised by it because there was rumblings even like the night beforehand that it was possible that he would sign pretty quickly. Um, I just didn't know where that would end up coming because obviously the Yankees were very interested, but so were the Astros. Like the Astros were, they really liked Anthony Rizzo. And I still think it is completely fascinating to me that the Astros are like one signing Rafael Montero and then also pursuing Anthony Rizzo without having a GM. Like I know they got one of their point people or one of their assistant GMs, like as their point person right now, but not having a set GM during free agency and during all this stuff is a really odd setup that they have there. But um, I, I think it, I, I, I'm not surprised by Rizzo returning at all. Cause I think that was by far the Yankees' number one option for first base, but now the, the Astros, they got to turn their attention. Now they got Yuli Gurriel, who's a free agent, um, an in-house free agent. Uh, you can pursue Jose Abreu. And then they were pretty heavily linked to Josh Bell at the trade deadline. That ultimately did not happen, of course, but, I wonder if they could rekindle that interest there. So they got options, but I think they would have liked Rizzo there for sure. Yeah, Jim Crane putting on his GM hat, getting the job done. It's not Rizzo, it's going to be Gurriel. It's not Gurriel, it's going to be Josh Bale. We'll see. Boy, you remind me of, uh, what the heck is that? uh, Is that coach for LSU, Brian Kelly with that accent? Oh, yeah. Uh, Good stuff. I like it. Well, the difference difference is that's my real accent, and right now I'm doing a character. This isn't my real voice. Actually, I've always wondered. I don't know. When we met up in Orlando, I was like, this guy's probably got like a southern accent in there. Oh, Oh, you better believe it. Uh, It's all about family to me. I did uh, the Jim Crane voice on on the other live podcast, and we lost viewers immediately. So good to. This, this crowd's better. We've got the viewers stayed. Thank you guys. We, thanks for maintaining the viewership. I yeah, uh, will never do that again. No, uh, I, I will say if you subscribe right now, Adam will never do that again. So, <laughs> Which is, is like a big ask because we have another Jim Crane section coming up later in the podcast rundown. So truly, you don't know how tempting it's going to be for me to do it again. But I promise you I won't. You know, I boy, I may have broken a promise, and it'll only take like twenty minutes. So that's that's not cool. But we appreciate <laughs> the under. It. Yeah, take yeah, the yeah, under. Take the under. Yeah, Bet MGM. Oh, 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 there we go. Bet MGM has the uh, as you doing the accent at minus three hundred right now. So yeah. Um, well, so then yeah. same game parlay it. Same game parlay it with Bert giving us some great insight on the Teoscar Hernandez trade. And oh, what do you know? Here's that coming up immediately. Uh, wow. Probably the number one most asked. Uh, thing in the comments everybody wants to know what the blue jays are doing here uh whether the jays have another move in their pocket rocky adams dropped that one uh jake Cogon 85 saying are you thinking they're more likely to trade for an outfielder and sign a pitcher or the other way around uh rob s wondering if it's nimmo if it's uh yoshida who's about to get posted the japanese left fielder who a lot of people have a lot of interest in 
and I'm sure the market's going to be pretty big there. Nobody knows, but the one thing we do know about Teoscar Hernandez suddenly being traded to Seattle before his final year of arbitration, his final year of control, for a fairly light return. Uh, I don't know if you were as surprised by the return as I was. People were saying maybe Hernandez for Chris Flexen. Then it becomes Hernandez for a controllable reliever Eric Swanson and a top 10 prospect, but not a top five prospect uh, for one year of Hernandez. The one thing I think we do know, that return seems light, but that is not the end of the road. The trade tree lives on. Toronto's not rolling into the regular season with this current outfield. So did this make sense to you from both sides? And then, of course, like everyone's asking, what comes next? It, it didn't surprise me that they moved to Oscar Hernandez. I think if there was ever a big name player that the Blue Jays were going to move, it was going to be him. And he's entering the final year of his contract um, and may not have been confident that they were going to be able to extend him. And I think that trade kind of confirmed that. Um, so they wanted to recoup some value and try to get the most that they could in, in a trade. And ultimately the Mariners offered that because they sought a big bat for the outfield. Cause they, We've talked about it on the show before. It's like they absolutely needed another bat. Um, and Eric Swanson is a very, very, very highly thought of reliever. Like um, some scouts consider him um, a potential like high leverage, like late inning kind of cl- or kind of arm um, in the in the bullpen. Um, and his baseball savant page. I don't know if you've looked at it before, Adam, but yeah. oh boy, yeah, I'll tell you that's uh, that's the good stuff. Um, and the, the prospect that they got too, they they really like. I believe it's his curveball. Um, might be might be misremembering that, but he's he's got command issues. Um, and it's a, this trade from the Mariners' perspective made all the sense in the world because they've been very good at developing relievers. And Swanson was one of those guys. Um, and they had a surplus of those guys, and they thought they could do it. They got a bat in return, and now from the Blue Jays, it. I would firmly expect them to target a left-handed bat for the outfield. And that can be Brandon Nimmo. That could be a guy like maybe Cody Bellinger. Um, if he's not intended, I think there's a lot of teams who are watching what the Dodgers do with Bellinger. Um, Cause I mean, obviously he struggled the last couple of years, but he's an MVP guy. Like he's formerly won the MVP. Um, and like those kind of guys don't become available that quickly after their MVP seasons, like very often. Um, so I, I would I think he would be an option. There's been a lot of buzz about the St. Louis Cardinals potentially being a fit because they have Lars Newtbar, um, which one of the best names at baseball to me by far. I, great job, uh, Lars is Lars Newtbar, um, and then Dylan Carlson. Like this one to me, I don't know how likely it is, just because if they weren't willing to part with him in a Juan Soto trade, I don't know how willing they'd be to move him now. Um, but that being said, the Blue Jays possess a catching surplus and the Cardinals just so happen to need a catcher. So maybe there's a fit there for an outfielder for a catcher. Um, so that's something to perhaps watch there. And to answer Zach World's question, mm-hmm. uh, the non-tender deadline is manana. Uh, so tomorrow. look forward to tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of action. I've already stocked up on cold brew. So let's uh, let's get it, baby. How early does that begin for you? Um, I mean, actually, so it's not like that early of a day, um, but it's like I'll get my workout in earlier than usual, and then I'll just be on my phone basically the entire day and making calls and 
um, yeah, try to figure out what's going to happen. But I, I, there could be some like some pretty notable names um, that we could see maybe either non-tender or move tomorrow too. So she'll be interesting. Let's talk that before we move on to the Mariners impact with Hernandez. Cause I do think that that's, that's pretty relevant. And I think we're going to see um, a good amount of names. Uh, you know, a lot of players making between five and $8 million next season who some teams that are maybe marginal contenders at best. Don't feel like paying the price. You're already seeing some of these names bandied about, in trade conversations, there's a reason that Colton Wong is floating around in rumors today. There's a reason that, you know, I'm seeing Keston Yura as a possible non-tender candidate. And of course, the big fish, Cody Bellinger of the Los Angeles Dodgers, who every time Andrew Friedman talks about him, says he loves him. Like you said, you don't give up on an MVP, but most MVPs don't do what Cody Bellinger has done since 2019. He subtracted one war from the Los Angeles Dodgers in 2021, two years after hitting 47 home runs and taking home the MVP award. So stunning downfall for Bellinger, but the Dodgers are understandably skittish. Uh, Bellinger is the headline name. Uh, So I'll start there just to say, before you empty the notebook a little bit, if you had to make a guess, Dodgers keep Bellinger, Dodgers let him go. What do you think is going to happen there? My guess, and this is a total guess, I just want to make it make that abundantly clear. Um, my guess is the Dodgers keep Bellinger. Um, I think he's too valuable, and if he, if he leaves, um, and goes and goes berserk elsewhere, that's going to look really bad for the Dodgers. Um, maybe it's possible that they find a trade partner because I think there's going to be more than enough teams that are interested, and maybe could give something up of value. Um, so I would never rule that out, but I think, I think the Dodgers keep Bellinger. That's just my gut feel going in into tomorrow. But I mean, that's always subject to change for sure. It's my gut feel too. I think Friedman was a little bit too positive about him last week. Um, So again, we'll see, but the problem is that that escalating salary, the Dodgers are basically the only team that might not non-tender Cody Bellinger because they can absorb it. So uh, if you're the Dodgers and you do have money in your coffers, you don't want to let a former MVP, a recent former MVP, we're not talking about the 2011 race, go for nothing. Now, what about some of the surprise names or the commonly discussed names who you feel are at genuine risk of being non-tendered tomorrow? Who are the bigger names that you would say have a shot to just get snipped off the roster if they're not traded? Um, I'll get, so I'll, I'll answer your question in a bit of a different way. I think a riddle. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Boy, I wish I was smart enough to come up with a riddle off the top of my head, but I'm not that skilled. Um, but we mentioned the brewers before and I think a guy like Hunter Renfro makes a whole lot of sense as a trade candidate. I don't, I can't see the brewers just outright letting him go because like, I know he's making or projected to make about 11 million this year. Um, but he was still a really valuable player for them and letting him go would, would be releasing one of their, um, more consistent bats. But I think a trade there is certainly possible just so they can free up some room, um, and try to do some different kind of, um, do some different kind of maneuvers on that roster. So I think that would be a name to watch. Um, you've mentioned Keston here before. I don't see him being non-tendered. I think maybe a trade is possible. It's like a change of scenery kind of guy. Um, just 
again, that's my thoughts, not basing it off any reporting. I don't want that getting aggregated somewhere. No, um, no. Just, just a casual thought. Um, but I, I think that those two are probably like more closely ones that I'm going to be following for sure. Yeah. I, I wonder about, uh, and I think my thoughts on this probably changed during the postseason, but sometime around August, I was like, I hope the Yankees keep Isaiah Kiner Falefa. I think he's a nice utility guy. I think if he's taken off the starting shortstop role, he could still prosper here. Then he has a postseason that only further, you know, it's incendiary. He's doing the defense is off. He doesn't look comfortable. The fans are turning on him. And he's owed, I believe, $6.5 million this year. So if the Yankees don't plan to start him at shortstop, do they really want to pay that $6.5 million for, I don't know, a backup? a lesser DJ LeMayhew. I mean, it, it, that's a name that comes to mind for me. I don't know if you feel the same way. You know, I think that absolutely makes a ton of sense. And like, I know he struggled last year in New York, like defense was supposed to be his number one calling card. And he really struggled there, especially with the errors like that. I mean, they brought him in for primarily defense and they thought his bat had some upside, but uh, he just never lived up to that. So I certainly think that's a, a possibility for sure. Yeah. Zach World, our man, is it out of the realm of possibility Ben Bellinger does get non-tendered? Absolutely not. I mean, I think it's our, again, both of us sort of just like coin flipped over to the Dodgers keeping him, but very, very possible he gets non-tendered tomorrow, even for a team like the Dodgers with all that money to go around. Um, Before I move on, we're getting a few Red Sox questions. A couple questions about Xander Bogarts and that offer being sweetened. I think it's sort of unclear based on Red Sox ownership when the offer was sweetened and how sweet it became. Uh, but any Red Sox rumblings at all? I know Nathan Avaldi got their qualifying offer. There were talks of a multi-year deal there that never materialized and now is even less likely considering he comes with that additional little draft pick compensation attached um, and that exclusive negotiating window is over. Um, are you hearing anything out of Boston? Because obviously most of the Red Sox questions, it, it's tough because they have a lot of money to go around, but everything begins and ends with you extending Devers, you extending Bogarts. And until they answer those questions, I don't know what other moves they have that are really going to impress fans, but there's a ton of money. There is a ton of money. And the fact that they've already upped their offer to Bogarts. And as you said, we don't know when specifically that was because the ownership didn't make that clear. Um, and the fact that the Red Sox have publicly stated that Bogarts is like their top priority by a lot, um, to me, that would indicate that there is a likelihood of a deal being reached. Um, I don't know if we're anywhere closer to what it was maybe like a week ago. Um, so it's probably going to drag out some more. So I'll just bear with me. Um, <laughs> that's going to have to, you're going to have to remain patient in, uh, in, in Boston here, but. Uh, my guess is that he returns, but the fact that the Phillies are interested, Dave Dombrowski was the one who ended up doing his first deal there in, in Boston and clearly likes a player. That would have me a little bit worried because the Phillies do, they have money to spend. That has been made very clear to me this offseason. So um, can't rule anything out there. But to me right now, I would say the Red Sox are the favorites for Bogarts and then the field is is, is second here for sure. Tough ass asking the Boston fans to remain patient. Just sitting in front of their computers going like, oh, yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, no doubt. I'll definitely remain patient. Yeah, thanks for the advice, kid. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they uh, – we'll see if they have another couple of months left in them. Uh, the lockout maybe took that edge off the Boston fan base a little bit. Who knows? Uh, but Xander Bogarts, 
The Red Sox are still the favorites, but we, we shall see. Uh, I'll, I'll swing us back to the Mariners now uh, because I do want to complete the Teoscar Hernandez collection conversation. Uh, the Mariners are going out and doing smart things. Again, unshockingly, uh, they see an opportunity to get Hernandez. They go ahead and grab him. Like that's a, you know, you talk about what the Blue Jays are doing. Let's get more left-handed. Let's, uh, you know, clear space. Uh, we want to do a multi-year deal with somebody else. The Mariners say there's a power hitting all-star available. Okay. We're going to yeah. trade a reliever. We're going to trade a reliever for him. We're just going to go grab him. Um, and he'll be there for at least 2023. But have you heard anything about these two sides talking extension or any indication that that would be possible? On Hernandez? Yes. So I have not heard that, but I will I will say this. So Luis Castillo, who was traded to the Mariners last year, um, he quickly did an extension. It was like, I would say like a month or so after being traded. Um, he is represented by Rafa Nieves. And Teoscar Hernandez just so happens to have the same agent. So he's got a history of doing deals with the Mariners. Not saying that means a deal is going to happen, but they have a history of doing business together. So, I mean, you guys, you can't rule anything out here. I won't rule it out yet. Active now. I, don't, I don't think that's the case. Okay. Um, and in terms of Seattle's next target, I think we're seeing a lot of middle infield uh, being the rumor here. Uh, J.P. Crawford is the shortstop. For how long? I'm not positive. What about second base? Is that the logical next step? Have you heard anything more clarified about the Mariners' continued needs? Yeah, I... I... JP Morosi uh, reported it earlier, but Colton Wong is a really good fit there. And I know the Brewers just picked up Wong's option, um, but he is certainly still on the on the table as a trade candidate. Um, that would not surprise me at all um, if he was moved. And the Mariners make a whole lot of sense. Um, so I, I think that would be one fit, but certainly second base is going to be a priority for them. I think that is most likely their next order of business. Labor Torres is available. Seattle Mariners, do you hear me? Labor Torres is available. Is this thing on? All right, just checking. Uh, <laughs> Seattle, we'll we'll see we'll see what materializes there. Again, non-tender deadline is tomorrow. So if you're waiting for action, or if you're one of those impatient Boston fans we briefly heard from earlier, uh, there will certainly be something on your docket tomorrow. Uh, Toronto fans, Cubs fans. Dodger fans, everybody in the comments asking about their team's next move. You will be satisfied in some capacity. Uh, maybe maybe you're not going to get what you want, but you'll get something tomorrow. Yep. And I'll t I also, one thing I want to, there's something I saw in the comments here, and it was a really good question here from Brian. It was apparently Ron Washington has been working with Vaughn Grisham to help him at, at shortstop. What does that mean for Dansby Swanson's free agency? Mm -hmm. That is one all right, that caught my attention um, when I saw that story in The Athletic yesterday. So Alex Anthopoulos has also been hyping up Orlando Arcia and there's an, and, and Vaughn Grisham um, as their internal options at shortstop um, and said that they're, they're comfortable having those guys at short. But to me, in the, in the Braves' most ideal world, they would have Dansby Swanson back. This is just a public stance by them. Um, it's a leverage tactic is what it is. Um, and obviously Vaughn Grisham is, is a very talented guy. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Dansby Swanson is easily their best shortstop option. Um, this is just a negotiations playing out. So I would not 
take this as any sign whatsoever that Swanson's gone. This is just negotiations playing out. Um, there's going to be peaks and valleys, hopefully for the Braves' sake, not as many as uh, the Freddie Freeman negotiations last year, but um, they have internal options and they're comfortable with those options, at least is what they're saying publicly. Yeah. And they have a second hometown kid in as many off seasons hitting the market at an important time. And they want everybody to know that Von Grissom is also a hometown kid and he's also ready. So we'll see where things land. The shortstop market a long way from completion, uh, stressing patience in the Bogarts chase. We'll stress patience there too. Correa, Trey Turner. It'll be quite a while. The non-tender deadline will not have anything to do with those folks. Uh, but be careful when you talk about deals, if you are in the front office of teams that may be competing for these high-profile free agents, according to Ken Rosendahl's report last night, the Mets and Yankees are both being looked at for their comments in the Aaron Judge chase. Uh, Andy Martino of SNY put out a piece a couple of weeks ago essentially saying that Steve Cohen and Hal Steinbrenner have a good relationship. The Mets probably aren't going to try to ruin that relationship by pursuing Aaron Judge. Now MLB is trying to decide if that is improper conduct or if that's just friends being nice. Obviously, they have to eventually figure out when Judge does sign a deal, whether that deal was impacted by this conversation or not. Tough thing to prove, but it's on MLB's radar. Jim Crane's comments on Justin Verlander, also on MLB's radar for potentially limiting his market. And those might have been more inflammatory because Jim Crane said, <clears throat> no, I won't do it. He said that Verlander is looking for Max Scherzer type money, three years, $130 million, and that he's not prepared to pay something like that in best of luck. Now, maybe he was just being nice. Maybe he was saying, hey, Justin's got demands and, and I don't think it's in the cards for us, but go forth. Or maybe he was trying to scare some other teams off saying, here's a very large contract number. That's what Justin told me he wants. So have at it. And then Verlander comes back to him and says, no one wants to talk to me. I think you freaked him out. Uh, what do you make of this? I, I feel like the Yankees and Mets stuff is relatively innocent, although the fewer handshake deals between billionaire owners we have, the better. Uh, but the Verlander stuff, you could maybe, depending on what deal he gets, you could tangibly prove that that had an effect on negotiations. Yeah, I'll start with the, the Yankees and the Mets one. Because when that stuff was reported, I had people text me saying with these links and it's like, huh? Like, there's got to be more to this. And I'm not surprised that MLB is investigating it. I don't know if they could penalize each side just because it's like nobody's spoken publicly about it, just anonymous sources on this one. So I'm guessing they're probably not going to find anything or like punish each team. Um, that's just kind of just a good guess there. But the, um, the Astros one and Jim Crane, that – to me feels much more significant. And in the CBA, like there's specifically guidelines on things that teams can and cannot say. And shortly after um, they end up coming to that CBA agreement, Jim Crane goes out and says exactly what he's not supposed to say. And that is a really, that's, that's a bad look. That's a, uh, yeah, that, that can't happen. And I think there could absolutely be some, some penalties there. And it's just the latest PR nightmare for the Astros right now. Um, and like the science stealing stuff to me, like that over and done with. I'm, I've moved on from that. But yeah. the, the uh, James Click firing and then now this, 
after winning the World Series, not good. That's not, uh, to quote Joe Girardi, that's not what you want. It's so annoying they won the World Series, though. We could just be talking Astros in turmoil, like GM fired, new owner pretending to be GM, like going to war with Star Ace, maybe going to get Doc draft picks or blabbing about his contract asks, but you have to put the asterisk in. But instead of being cheated to win a World Series, the asterisk is just legitimately one World Series, and it's hard to say anything bad about them. Uh, very annoying. But, yeah, Jim Crane GM so far is a – Rafael Montero overpay and reading the CBA and saying, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to do the Verlander stuff and immediately saying, yeah, Justin's ask is insane. I promise you all 20 minutes. There it is. But that's it. We're never doing it again. I I apologize on behalf of the baseball insiders uh, for Adam's accent reveal again. Um, You're going to have to say that like at least once a week. I I feel so bad for you. Like it's a a fun show. I'm having fun, but like I am going to do accents sadly. (laughs) I'm uh, I'll have to do my best Michael Scott and put on a brave face right now. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. No, that's it. It's a baseball. No, but I'm here for him. No, I, I support Adam and whatever he wants to do. It, it's good stuff. It's good. It's good content. It's, it's solid content. I support you, of course, in whatever you want to do. Um, we're going to play a little game before we leave. Just coming through to make sure that we've got all these questions. Uh, it's actually been a while since we've talked Brian Reynolds trade. We do have a Pirates fan in here, AJ Bucks asking if the Pirates trade Brian Reynolds any chance. Uh, I feel like Reynolds, from my end, is destined to be the name thrown into every trade season. Uh, But I don't know if it's going to happen because it'll take a haul to get him. Do you think that this winter is the time that he's moved? Or do we move on to the summer trade deadline again with Brian Reynolds still in Pittsburgh? I don't think it's impossible. But I also don't think it's likely at all by and i'd actually even put it in the highly 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 unlikely category um certainly there could be a trade at some point because that contract is probably well it is going to be the richest deal in pirates history um because the current most like their current most expensive contract that they've done is key brian hayes is eight years for 72 million um which that's a wow to me um but yeah i i think reynolds is going to start the year with the pirates there's probably going to be trade rumors at some point, probably during the season. It wouldn't even surprise me if there's trade rumors during the off season because teams are surely checking in on him. And I still think to this day that the New York Yankees are a great fit for Brian Reynolds. That is a team that I think could absolutely use him. Um, they have the prospects that they wanted to go get him. Um, but also another team, the San Diego Padres, um, they make a whole lot of, like they, they like Brian Reynolds. Um, I don't think that's any secret at this point. Um, but I just, I would be, I'd be pretty surprised if, uh, if Reynolds started the season other than, or in a place other than Pittsburgh. And AJ Preller loves dealing with the pirates too. Adam Frazier. Thank you very much. Maybe Brian Reynolds is the amped up version of that package. Uh, let's play a short game of contract. Would you rather this time? I'm mostly going to be talking about deals that have not been consummated yet. Deals that went down this week versus rumored deals deals yet to come and a few of these are going to end up answering some of the remaining questions in the chat so again stay tuned if you haven't heard your question answered yet some of the discussion here is probably going to be applicable to you and also make sure you do like and subscribe the channel because if we don't get to it today we're going to get to it next week there is a whole off season remaining so my first question here the tyler anderson deal three years 39 million both of us agreed earlier in the show it's a little less than we thought he is 33 years old. Would you rather 
have Tyler Anderson at that money or have Jose Quintana at the deal he is about to receive from some other very worthy team in the next several weeks. The pitching market is a little bit strange, but I do feel like those arms are a little bit comparable at this point. Who would you rather sign? That's a great question. Um, give me – I would probably go with Quintana, honestly. And I think that's going to end up being a pretty similar deal to Anderson. I could see that being like a three-year for like $36, $37 million in that range. Um, and I, the reason why is I think Quintana is just a really consistent pitcher. And um, we still don't know what Anderson is quite yet. He obviously had a really good year this year. Um, but he does not have a long sustained period of success. And Quintana, I can tell you, Pirates absolutely loved him in that locker room. The Cardinals absolutely loved him in that locker room. Um, and they really valued the stability that he brought. And I think that's going to end up being a really um, – I think that's going to end up being a, a good move when that's eventually done. That being said, um, Anderson has more upside. And I you can never go wrong with upside, but I like – in terms of that kind of a signing, um, I'd probably go with a guy like Quintana because, like, I know what I'm going to get. Does Jamison Tyone's deal change this conversation, or you still go Anderson or Quintana over Tyone? I go with Tyone numero uno. Mm, interesting. Yep. I, I'm a big Jamison Tyone guy. I like him. Very interesting. I like him too. Uh, now, moving on. Anthony Rizzo's deal signed, sealed, delivered two years, 40 mil guaranteed. Like we said, the Astros were in. They did not close the deal. Who knows if they got outbid? Who knows if he just wanted to be a Yankee? Uh, but now the first base options for the Astros are, are dwindling a little bit. But a rumored big bopper that we've seen is uh, Jose Abreu. So if you were making the decision, would you rather have the Anthony Rizzo deal already signed, sealed, delivered, or Jose Abreu's next contract? I'd probably go with Jose Abreu, honestly. And I think Abreu is going to get slightly more than Rizzo on a short-term contract, maybe like two or three years, probably two is my guess. Um, and like he had a really weird year this year. Like his numbers were like sound all around, but his power numbers were just like way deflated than, than usual. Um, and I have confidence that he's going to bounce back. Um, so I, I would take Jose Abreu in this situation. I think I would too. And the, uh, but yeah, whoever, whoever gets them getting a good one, the Astros offseason. Yeah. The Astros offseason will march on. Um, hmm? So, so you, you agree with the second one, but yeah. you never said you agree with the first one. So you disagree with me on the first one. You absolute I, jerk. I think I might, I think I might take short term Quintana over Tyone. And I think I take Tyler Anderson over both of them. I don't know. Fair. I mean, that, that was that was a tough one. I'll, I'll give you that. Like, I think you could make the argument for either side on that one. So I, I can definitely see that. But um, the fact you didn't agree with me, that uh, that hurts. I know. And and we will. I hope we'll get over it, but I'm happy to do whatever it takes uh, to help us get past it. the comment section is furious at us. By the way, nobody agrees oh, yeah. with that. I, I've so. upset uh, Adam uh, on that one. So my apologies. Yeah. Adam. Embrace debate. Uh, the comment section is mad. One final. And, and this is where we get into the Verlander deal. Let's say that Verlander really does. He's he's firm. He wants this three-year, $130 million deal that takes him through the age of 42. Would you rather sign unanimous American League Cy Young Justin Verlander to that contract today or have only the final two years of Max Scherzer's contract 
which is the exact same money. So two years of Scherzer or three years of Verlander at the same price starting today. That's a tough one. And also shout out to Alex real quick, my guy. That's a really tough one. Boy, you're you're bringing the heat right now. I like, did it. I did it. I will say this. If Verlander wasn't coming off of that second Tommy John from a couple of years ago, I, I know he pitched this year. He was, he was very, very, very good. Um, I'd probably go Verlander here. Boy, this is tough. Because Scherzer was hurt this year too. I'll say, uh, boy. I'll say give me two more years of Max Scherzer, and I'm I'm already questioning that decision. But that that's a very good hypothetical. That, what what would you do in this case, Adam? I think I would do the the same thing. Scherzer's a little bit younger. I mean, they're both aging like fine wine. Um, oh, yeah. it, it's really hard to on it like feet to the fire. I'm not going to turn down having either of those people on my team. Three years for Verlander is probably like. I mean, I'd say 100% no to four. I think I'm 60-40 no on three. It's very tight, but I'll take the younger Scherzer, I think, even though Alex is now mad at us, too. Nobody likes us at this juncture. Sorry. This is a segment designed to make the comment section furious, sadly. And and you mission accomplished. So good job, Adam, because Adam was the one who came up with those. So uh, that's good work by him. And look at he looks like Dr. Evil over there. If he ended up doing that with his pinky, (laughs) then he'd be all... I'll do two. I'll do double pinkies out. Um, a Bray over Rizzo, man. It's close. I don't know. The comment section furious. Uh, this is what we do. We, we ignite debate. Uh, Robert and I are next generation Skip Bayless. We're both Skip Bayless. It's like if there was a show where it was just two Skip Baylesses going back and forth with each other. That's, uh, that's pretty much what this show is. Yeah. This is like first take. Um, what is it now? I can't, I don't even know what it is. First take. What's the one that Skip is on now? Oh, first things first. Is that what it is? Oh, I think geez. so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're we're gonna strive to be uh, not not that. No. no, we're gonna strive to be imminently more watchable in a fifty-minute show. We talk as much baseball as first things first talks in an entire year's worth of episodes. Yeah. So that's what we strive to bring you. If you're a if you want to hear more about how LeBron and Russell Westbrook bought dueling mansions across the street from each other, you turn on Skip. If you want to hear baseball offseason talk all offseason long. 3.30 Eastern time, Mondays and Thursdays, and with a special schedule upcoming for the winter meetings. Because if you love the baseball offseason, you love the winter meetings. We're going to make sure to be there for you every step of the way. Robert will, of course, be on site, and I'll be here pulling him up on the old YouTube box every chance I get. Uh, Bert, thanks for another great show, and I can't wait for some more fuel to the fire tomorrow. Nobody wants to see people get non-tendered, lose their jobs, but it will spark the hot stove. So, it's a little bit exciting. Oh, yeah. The stove is going to be completely stoked, and I cannot wait. And we will have much more uh, throughout the offseason, as Adam said, at the winter meetings. We'll be live there each day. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just broke that without. Uh, I, may, I may have. Uh, no. Okay. I, I was. I had the green light to report that no, one. No, we're so. good. We're good. Um, but, yeah, if you can subscribe, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, it's yeah, just, why would you not? Exactly. So, no, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Adam, you're the man. Appreciate you. Bert, you're the man. Tomorrow, the stove will be stoked. Who stoked the stove? Stop that stove. The stove will be stoked. Can't wait. Uh, Can't wait to talk more about what actually goes down tomorrow. Next week, I will do 
300% fewer voices on Monday's episode. But we can't <laughs> wait to break it down for you. Until next time, everybody, like the channel, subscribe. You'll find us at the same time twice a week uh, right here. But again, during the winter meetings, free for all. Anybody's, it's anybody's game. The scoops are floating, and Bert's going to bring them to you, and I'm going to facilitate them, hopefully. Um, thanks again, my man. This is great. Thank you. Let's, uh, let's do it again on Monday. Hey, how about it? Pretty good idea. We'll see y'all on Monday. See you, everybody. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.